Hey, welcome to BIV Today. We are the daily business news program from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm reporter Tyler Orton, and this week we're examining how the insurance industry has been turned upside down amid the COVID-19 crisis. Joining us today is Deloitte's Melissa Carruthers. She's a senior manager with Monitor Deloitte's strategy consulting practice, and she recently co-authored a report diving into how the pandemic has impacted Canada's life and health insurance industry. Melissa, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. So I, I know this is such a broad issue, but when you look back at how the last seven and a half months have gone, what are some of the biggest changes that you have noticed hitting the industry right now? Uh, The biggest changes that have happened, I think that this was a real wake-up call for the life and health insurance industry in Canada and globally. Um, When it comes to being digital and working virtually, that is something that is, um, you know, previously unknown to this industry. We tend to rely on traditional processes, face-to-face interactions, face-to-face sales um, and so this was one of the, the big catalysts that is starting to drive a lot of transformation in the industry. So how are people selling insurance now? Because whenever I've done that or, or when I've purchased it, it's like I, I prefer going in, meeting up with people, you know, face to face. How is the industry kind of adjusting? Um, number of ways. They are still meeting with clients through an advisor. That is That continues to be the primary sales channel for life and health insurance, um, but it's through video calls or on the phone. I think yeah. a lot of consumers still really uh, value the advice that advisor channels provide. Uh, insurance is complicated, right? And it's not something you buy on a regular basis. So Um, They're just continuing to do it through Zoom chats and sharing screens. Yeah. So has there been additional pressures put on the industry to adapt with regards to, say, technology? I I think, you know, you go back, you know, eight months almost, and it seems as if everybody had to kind of figure out how to work from home. But I'm wondering if there's going to be additional thought processes put into it because the insurance industry is so unique. Definitely. Um, one of the biggest challenges was on the continuing momentum of new sales. Uh, so the advisor channel is the biggest priority for a lot of the insurance carriers, ensuring that advisors have access to the tools that they need to continue driving new business. Um, and a big part of that is lead generation. So um, helping the advisors prospect, uh, providing advisors um new e-applications, tools that will allow them to continue to meet with uh, new customers, uh, those that they had been in discussions with pre-COVID to be able to get their applications in and, um, you know, continue the momentum in the market. Yeah, you bring up lead generation. And if everybody is almost kind of like clamped down in their own homes, you know, uh, not as much elbow rubbing as there once was, right? Yeah, definitely. So social media has become a really big avenue for that. Um, We also know that a lot of people are actually looking for life insurance, especially within the first couple months of COVID, health and life insurance, because it's these type of events that prompts people to think about, you know, am I covered? What happens if something happens to me or happens to my loved ones? Do we we have the right protection? Um, So we actually saw a spike in certain product lines 
uh, that were generating new interest from consumers. So, you know, advisors do have the opportunity there, but it, they do need to evolve how and, and where they prospect. So do you anticipate that we would get, say, products specifically geared towards addressing COVID-19 or would they be in kind of just broader, say, I, I don't know if I'm using the right term here, but like broader portfolios that people would be investing in? I don't think it's necessarily COVID specific coverage, just because in Canada, our health system, you know, largely has us covered under universal health care. But it's more about uh, reigniting and, um, you know, the need and the value of insurance, because I think that that's something that has kind of fallen off the table a little bit with the millennial demographic. We don't always see the value in life insurance, you know, with people getting homes later and not having mortgages that they feel the need to cover, Um, getting married or having kids later, all of those demographic changes and lifestyle, like typical milestones in someone's life, those trigger the need for life insurance. So this is just, you know, kind of re-energizing that again, bringing it back to uh, top of mind. So have there been, say, policy revisions that have become necessary over the last few months as a result of the pandemic? What do you mean by policy revisions? Well, looking at what policies that people might actually have right now, and then people are coming back and say, hey, I need to kind of change things up at this point. Um, yeah, there would be there would be that. And then there would just be brand new policies. The issue that most carriers and advisors had uh, throughout COVID, at least the first little while, were for higher face amounts. So a lot of the, you, typically when you go through a policy that is above $2 million or $3 million, um, you need to go through full underwriting stills. So you're actually going in and getting urine and blood testing. Well, a lot of um, t- the the areas where you would go to to get that type of testing had closed down because of lockdown measures. And so advisors weren't actually able to process those policies with insurance carriers. Um, so what happened was a lot of the insurance carriers adjusted their underwriting guidelines to be able to uh, still generate a policy for certain segments, so healthy individuals under a certain age threshold, um, and increase their limits up to, on average, it was a 2 million face amount. So those people that would have preferred to have a larger face amount policy during that time, um, they just delayed uh, the face amount for above the 2 million. So they would probably be going back for a policy revision or getting a laddered policy at a later point in time. But as we find ourselves, you know, working from home a lot more, we're maybe not as engaged socially. Some people might be under financial hardships. Will mental health considerations have to, you know, I guess come under even further consideration moving forward as a result of the pandemic? Absolutely. But where we tend to see a greater emphasis on mental health, um, at least in the insurance context, is within group benefits. That has become, you know, a primary focus. When you think about disability in the workplace, being on leave, a lot of um, absenteeism, even pre-COVID, was driven by mental health. And so as soon as, you know, COVID-19 hit, it was no surprise that concerns around the mental health uh, of Canadians was even more paramount for group benefit carriers. And so you'll see that a lot of them have launched partnerships with the likes of Maple and Dialogue and other 
other virtual care providers to ensure that members within group benefit plans have access to to virtual care. Well, and speaking of, you know, say virtual care, have you been witnessing kind of this this explosion of a lot of these places just going digital with regards to their offerings? Yeah, you mean the group benefits providers or virtual care providers? Well, even more broadly in kind of uh, the, the, the sense that we're getting about what's going to be necessary to help uh, customers understand what their needs are and uh, just kind of you know, everything that's going on in kind of the broad sense of healthcare as well as you guys are kind of involved with life and health insurance. Yeah, I think we've seen more on the like launching digital offerings has been more in the health side uh, with health providers as opposed to life insurance. Like I'd mentioned before, I think on the life side, you're still going to want to be advised by an advisor as opposed to going fully digital direct to an insurer. But on the health side of things and group benefits, we're definitely seeing more partnerships, uh, more digital virtual care providers, um, integrated offerings that makes it a lot easier for either members or individuals to um, engage with either the benefits provider through self-serve or through their health provider through digital channels. Well, do you anticipate that, you know, just on, on the business side of things, if a lot of small businesses or even large companies are under financial strain right now, uh, the insurance industry as a whole, they may be facing, you know, revenue constraints if their clients aren't able to, you know, deliver as much money as they used to. Yeah, so the industry was actually really good about providing refunds to a lot of their group benefits clients where the health and dental premiums uh, that they had taken in weren't actually required in order to pay out the claims during that time. Because as you'll remember, during lockdown, members didn't have access to going to the dentist or you know to go in to see their massage therapist. Um, so Basically, the industry responded by either doing uh, deferred payments or uh, premium refunds uh, to help limit the burden and reduce the risk of of either businesses feeling that they need to cancel their policy uh, to uh, meet cost constraints. Do you anticipate that all these changes that are afoot right now for the insurance industry, it, it is more of a short-term thing, or do you think that this is going to be felt for a long time, whether it's um, how the industry kind of adapts to more digital offerings, to just how it has to deal with uh, different expectations for businesses as they move forward? I think it'll definitely be something that's longer term. Um, you know, from the positive side of things, it will be greater adoption of digital. And it will be the insurance industry recognizing that they really do need to start embracing digital within everything that they do, both from a how they engage with their um, customers to how they you know, enable their advisors, but also in the back end, how they can be more cost-effective and efficient about operations. So looking at digitization and automation opportunities through claims, through underwriting. Um, so it's going to be on both front-end customer experiences as well as back-end. Well, maybe I'll, I'll leave you with this question as we wrap up here, but if you had to give a letter grade to how the Canadian industry has adapted to the pandemic, I don't know, do you give them an A, a B? What, what, what's your sense right now, eight months or about seven and a half months in? 
I would give them an A for how they've been able to respond. You know, this industry has been somewhat sluggish over prior years, and they've been able to respond very quickly um, and, you know, make more change in the last six to eight months than they have in probably the five to 10 years prior. So um, I think the outlook looks really strong for this industry. And I'm excited to see that people are taking advantage of the opportunity uh, within a crisis. Well, excellent. Uh, Melissa, uh, thank you again for joining us on the show today. Thank you. That is Ms. Melissa Carruthers. She's a senior manager with Monitor Deloitte's strategy consulting practice. And that's it for the show today. But we will be back tomorrow with our continued uh, insurance week that we are doing here with uh, BIV today. For now, you can go to BIV.com for more stories and more interviews there. And I'm Tyler Orton.